If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. This is a little strange being up here, it's, it, but it's okay. It helps them guys back there. Uh, I, I really must say to everyone in this church from the praise and worship team to those in the crow's nest, and man, I just appreciate what you do, I, I'm telling you. Give that praise and worship team a hand. Man, did they do good this morning. Wow, that was good. That was good, I'm telling you. And you know, Austin is so talented. My goodness, you know, he's just a blessing to have. And Shane, and how, how many of you liked hearing Miss Doris sing? Was that different? Amen. Uh-huh. Now, now, what does that tell you? We're going to have to hear that more often, aren't we? And by the way, she didn't know I was going to do that. <laughs> because, hey, if she knew that I was going to do that, she would have told me no. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Let's, let's uh, look at uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to be concentrating on verses 1 and 2. And the Word of God, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, verse 2, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us an offering and sacrifice to God as a, uh, as a fragrant aroma. I think the King James says sweet. Isn't that right? A sweet aroma. I like that better. I almost put it in here. Uh, but it's a sweet aroma. And, and uh, we have all kinds of little children around here. And... And, and they, they, if, if, if you watch, watch little children, children little children, children try to be like their mom and dad. Or one of them. Did you ever hear a mother say, yak like your dad? Or did you ever hear a father say to his daughter, maniac, just like your mom? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah right? And, and did you ever notice that when they say that, it's not when you're doing good? Right? It's not like, oh, you act like your dad, you're so good. Or you, or you act, act like, like your mom. mom. No, no, it's like, boy, you're acting just like your dad. Okay, well, God's not that way. And God is a good God. He's a good father. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Because, listen, if ever there was a time in the history of the United States of America, we need good parents. We really do. And we need parents to teach children how to love the Lord. Can you give me a witness on that? Now, now the state school system is in jeopardy. And the reason why the state school system is in jeopardy is because they get so much money per year per kid. But they have so much humanism and secularism in the state school. You call it public school. I call it state school. In the state school... That, that there is so many indoctrinations in the state school that they actually want to take away the parenting right. They really do. Hillary Clinton, by the way, didn't write the book. She put her name on it because she thought it was good. But it takes a village to raise, the, raise children. Listen, it don't take a village to raise children. It takes one mama and one daddy to raise children who are born again. Somebody say man, And have, have good moral ethics. So, so we got to look at that. Now listen, God is not going to hand you over to somebody else. Can you get a hold of that? God's not going to hand you over to somebody else. Can I ask you a question? Why do we hand our children over to somebody else? 
I'm not saying don't take them to school or let them go to school, but why do we hand over our children to somebody else? Why do we hand over our children to be indoctrinated by secularism and humanism one time after another? Why do we do that? Do you understand the Christian schools are growing right now like never before? That St. Joe Christian has over a 30% increase? I don't know. Our school's small, but I, we got an increase. We haven't put a percentage to it, but we have an increase. St. Paul has an increase. Do you notice that all private Christian schools have an increase? Do you know why? Because they're tired of handing their children and their grandchildren over to something that's not good for them. You are not going to, well, I hope you don't, you're not going to let your children stand in front of a TV screen all day long and be indoctrinated by that TV, but that's what we do in our schools. Now, listen to what, what the Word of God says. Paul says this, he says, therefore, verse 1, he says, therefore, be imitators as beloved children. children. Therefore, therefore, be imitators of God as, as beloved, beloved children. children. So, so here's, here's what, what I, I want you to, I want you to say this. I want you to copy Christ. Say copy Christ. See, I, I want you to copy Christ in every single thing that you do. And guess what? If you copy the Lord in every single thing that you do, you'll stop being who you are and you'll be more like him. And that's what the, the, the Bible wants us to do. God's grace made us his children and that made him our parent. Is that not good? God is our parent. Now, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, he's going to bring it up here. here here's what it says. Be not conformed to this world. Now, now listen to me. I, you're, you're going to think that I don't like the public school system. I don't. I don't. That public school system is nothing like when we went to school. How many of you here remember when you could actually put your hand over your heart and say the Pledge of Allegiance of the United States of America? How many of you remember when you could go to school and pray before you ate your lunch? How many of you can remember when you went to school, they had a Bible in the school in every single classroom and in the library? How many of you can remember that? How, can, how many of you can remember your elementary teacher teaching you songs, and a lot of them were Christian songs, and the ones that weren't were very moral? How many of us can remember that? I'm telling you, we have kids in school today that can't remember those things. Because the grace of God has been taken out of the school system. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start praying for our school. Can you say amen to that? Okay, but I don't want you just to pray for our school. I want you to start praying for St. Joe Christian. I want you to start praying for South Park. I want you to start praying for, uh, for St. Paul. Now, you're going to all have a time with this. I want you to start praying for Bishop LeBlanc. I want you to start praying for these schools because understand something, these schools are going to take a hit before anybody else takes a hit. See, God wants us to comp, uh, copy who he is. He wants us to be imitators of who he is. And so here's what he says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. 
but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove to the world and to yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Listen to me. God is still the healer. He is still the redeemer. He is still the deliverer. And he still raises the dead. And one day, he's going to sound his voice. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. I say, amen, come Lord Jesus. Do not be conformed to this world. Man, this is hard up here. It is not me up here. I'm going to see. I'm going to come down there. I'll get used to it. It's your fault. Yeah, you can. You, you, don't do that. Just kneel down. Okay. God's grace. He, listen, listen to what he wants us to do. He wants us to copy him. He wants us to imitate him. I want you to go over at, at to Ephesians chapter 6. Don't go over there. He's going to bring it up. But listen to what uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 says. And here's what I want you to understand about Ephesians. Here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand this. That the book of Ephesians, when it comes to the family, is not how God is telling you to operate your family. If you want to know how to operate your family, go over to the book of Colossians and he'll teach you there. They're almost the same, but here's what God is saying in Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6. He's saying that the church is like the family. He's saying the church is like the family. And so he is telling, uh, he's telling the church, listen, here's how a godly husband operates. And if this is how a godly husband operates, then this is how he is going to be towards us. Here's what he's saying in Ephesians. He's saying, this is how a godly wife operates in the kingdom. And so I want you to understand this. This is how you, the church, should be towards Jesus. And then he goes down to the children. And he's saying, now listen, here's how children should operate towards their parents. And he's saying, this is how I want children to operate or I want them to have a relationship with God. Now listen to me. Let me tell you who we are. This is wonderful. How many of you know we're the bride of Christ? How many of you know we are the army of the Lord? We're the bride of Christ so we can have that intimate relationship, but we're we're the army of the Lord so we can go to war against the adversary who comes against the Lord. How many of you understand that? We're not only the, the bride and the army, but we are the body of Christ. And we are not just the body of Christ, but we are children of God. And we are not just children of God, but the Bible says we are sons of God. How many of you understand that? And to get it all together, he said, now you're not just children. He said, but now I have adopted you into the kingdom. And that is really important. Why? Because the adopted kid gets it all. Isn't that amazing? A Roman soldier had right to put his wife away, he had the right to kill her if he wanted to. He had the right to destroy his own children if he wanted to. 
If they got out of hand, he could just destroy them. But guess what he didn't have the right to do? If he adopted a child, he did not have the right to ever put that child away. And let me watch this. And so he's got five children, and he adopts a child, and the adopted child got all the inheritance. And the reason why is because the adopted child, he brought them in and said, I want this child. I'm going to give this child my name. He's going to be my flesh, and so I'm going to give him everything. How many of you understand that God adopted you? He's given us all these names. He's done everything for us. But listen, he adopted us. Now, why did he also call us adopted children? Because he took us out of slavery. He put us into the kingdom of God. And all of the kingdom of God is given to his children. Somebody ought to shout on that one. Because that's an amen right there. So he gets it all. So look what he says in in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. Children, obey your parents. Hey, church, obey God. Obey your father. We want to say that to children. Listen to what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, as you want your children to obey you, obey God. Obey God. I'm not going to ask you how many of you have experimented with drugs. I don't even want to know that number. But I guarantee you this, you don't want your children to experience that. I don't know, you've been into some things, people around here, you've been into some things, and and when I say you, I'm talking about me too. I'm talking in the second person, but I'm also talking to me in the first person. Listen, there's things we don't want our children to do or feel and go there because we've been there, and we know what it's like. Listen to what he says. He says, children, obey your parents. And why? Because we know what that's like, and we don't want you to go over there. God, he says this, children, obey God in the Lord, for this is right. Paul's saying to the church himself, he's saying to the church, he said, as you want your children to obey you, obey God the same way. He's saying that, he's saying obey God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2 and, and uh, uh, ch- I, I'm sorry, chapter 3. I give you the wrong one there. It's chapter 3, verse 2. Okay, if you can do that, I, I give him the wrong one. But listen to what it says. It says, disobedient to parents in the last days is one of the greatest sins. He said people are going to be unholy. They're going to be ungrateful. And he goes right down through the list of what people's going to be. What do children learn? Children learn what we teach them. Do you know the the Asian culture is the best culture when it comes to family relationship? And the reason why the Asian culture is the best culture when it comes to uh, family relationships is because they don't put mom or dad in a nursing home. They keep the mom and dad right in the home. Hey, it's hard to watch people die. And it's hard to watch your dad or your mother die when you remember them when they were young. Okay, and now they're old and they're about ready to meet the Lord. And it's hard to watch them pass away. But listen to me, it teaches you how to love deeper and and understand something. It teaches you what you need to know about mom and dad. They were there for you and now you are there for them. Listen to what happens. We take our small children now and we put them in an institution. Yes, Megan, you have to take care of your mom when she gets old. Megan's going, there we go. 
I thought I was going to get rid of her. But we need, we need to do that. Listen to me. We take little children and we put them in school. So we institutionalize little children and we institutionalize old people. And that's the culture that we've turned into. What would happen if we turned that culture around and say, you know what, that's our family. We want there with, with us until the end. Until the end. Listen to me, understand something. God is not going to ever forsake you. And you're going to come to a river. You're going to come to a river. And on this side is the temporal. And on the other side is the everlasting and the eternal. And you're coming to the banks of that river. And many of us are already there at that bank. And many of us can already see that. And we know this one thing. By faith, we're never going to cross that by ourselves. By faith, Lord Jesus Christ is right there with us and we're going to cross Jordan and when we do, we're going to hit the other side in victory. Somebody say amen to that. Listen, understand something. Don't be afraid of dying because it's going to take you out of the temporal into the eternal of God. Somebody say amen to that. It's sad to watch people pass away. It's hard to watch them. But let me tell you something. If you're the one that's passing away, you're seeing the bright light shine. Somebody say amen to that. Hey, have you ever had anybody that was passing away say, I see angels? If you have, raise your hands. Yeah, I've had people say that I see angels. It's hard to watch some of these things. But we have institutionalized ourselves until we don't have relationship anymore. Now listen to what God wants. God says, come into relationship with me. And if you'll come into relationship with me, I will know that you've come into relationship with me because you are going to imitate me. You are going to copy the things that I do. You are going to be like who I am. Let me get back to these notes here and somebody say, man, because I'll preach all day. Here we go. So he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. He says, here's some of the things that's going to happen in the end. Uh, uh, children are going to be disobedient to parents. They're going to be ungrateful and unholy. Are we living in that day now? Wow. God is our example. Listen, we need to be good parents because God is a good parent. God loves us no matter what we do. Listen to me, God loves you through all of the stuff you're doing even now. Why do you got to put it away? Because don't you want to have a better relationship with the Lord? Have you ever said to your, your, your child, if you say that one more time, you're in trouble? Hey, this was a good one. I never quite understood this one. You give your child a spanking and say, don't you cry. Yeah, that's kind of an oxymoron. You, give your, you, you swat your child and they start to cry and say, don't you cry. And, you, and that child's doing the best they can not to cry. They're going to cry. It hurt. Listen a minute. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Right? But God doesn't say, don't cry. How many of you understand that? When he chasteneth you, he doesn't say, don't cry. What he says is, learn to lean on me. God is our example. And parents need to be examples because what Paul is doing to, with the Ephesians, he's saying, here's how a good family is constructed, and this is your relationship with the Lord. 
in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Now listen to what Peter says of our Father God. As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. How many of you understand? God is holy. Everything about him is holy. And when his son died on the cross, he made you holy when you received him as your personal savior and you allowed the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God made you holy. We have Belshazzar and he is in Babylon and he is full of himself now. Babylon, 70 years earlier, had went into Jerusalem, and they had went into the temple, and they took the Israelites captive, and they took all the silver, and they took all the gold. And when they took all the silver and all the gold, Nebuchadnezzar put them away in his treasury. Now, here's something you need to understand about Nebuchadnezzar. He never touched them. He never touched them. And the reason why he never touched them was you reckon that he saw those three Hebrew children go through that fire and God bring them out? When Daniel was in that lion's den, God brought him out. Listen to me. Belshazzar thought that he was king over everything. The Babylonian kingdom was the greatest kingdom was on planet earth. And so he says... He's, he's given a party. And right now, now pay attention, the United States is in a party. The United States has rebelled against its father. And that's Father God. The United States is in a party. And everything that is illegal and wrong, the United States of America is vindicating it as right. And I want that on television. And the reason why, listen to me, there's 90% of everything that we're doing that is wrong. How many of you understand that? Listen, we cannot continue to live in abomination and think that we're not under judgment. Let me tell you what Belshazzar did. Belshazzar did not believe in God, did not even think that there was a God, and thought of things that were wicked. The Bible says that before the flood, Man was wicked continually, and every thought that he thought was evil, he never thought a good thought. And Belshazzar brings his people together, his lords, his commanders, his captain, his army. He is so blatant, he brings in his concubines. Everything under the sun is at that party. There's drugs at that party. There's immorality at that party. There's everything under the sun that you could think of was at that feast at Belshazzar. And then Belshazzar being full of himself, like the United States of America with the, with the, uh, uh, the government that we have, we are so full of ourselves. Listen, we are unprotected. Our borders are unprotected. Everything is unprotected. We don't have much of a military at all anymore. Our government can't stand strong. We're in trouble like we've never been. But we're not in trouble with China. We're not in trouble with Russia. We're in trouble with God Almighty. How many of you understand? Belshazzar does this. Bring in the gold. Golden vessels and bring in the silver vessels. 
that were consecrated to Jehovah. Bring them in. So he brings them in. They bring them in. And there, this king, like the government of this country, takes and pours in his wine into the sanctified vessels to defy Father God. And listen, when he, ta- when he takes that wine and he pours it into the golden vessel, gold representing God and his perfection, silver representing man, let me tell you something, he didn't even get to man. When he took his wine and he poured it into the sanctified vessels of God, the Bible says within the hour, he only saw the back of the man's hand that started to write on the wall. The Bible says that every one of his joints come out of place. It says that he grew pale white and his old knees were doing this. They were knocking one against the other because something had taken place he wasn't used to. And so he, he gets all of his magicians and he gets his soothsayers and he gets everybody in. Somebody interpret that. And no one. Let me tell you something. If you're not in God, you're not going to interpret for God. If you're not into the Lord, and you're, you will not understand that Bible. That, that Bible's understanding only comes through the revelation of the Holy Spirit and no other way. If you try to read that Bible without the Holy Spirit, listen to me, it will not make sense to you. And that's why it is foolishness unto the world. But unto us, it is the glory of God and the healing of mankind. Let me tell you something. And so he brings in everybody. No one's going to read the message of God. Nobody can read the message of God unless he be in God. And they remembered an old man. And you know who the old man was? The old man was Daniel. And, and his wife said, there's a, I believe there's an old man here in the kingdom because Daniel's retired. I believe there's an old man here in the kingdom that can interpret that. That old man had a relationship with the father. And God had delivered him more than once. Isn't that right, Pastor? God was there with him. God was the one that gave Daniel the interpretation of the last days that we're about to live in. And Daniel comes, and listen to what he says. Here's what it says. Tickle, tickle, meaning you farsome of your life. Walk in love just as Christ loved you. He died on the cross for us. He took the stripes for our healing. Just as Christ loved you, he gave himself up for us. Everybody say us. His children. Listen, you will fight to the death for your children. You will. Mothers, you will. Fathers, you will. You will do whatever it takes to see your children safe. Here's what the Lord knew. He knew he had to die on the cross because he had to deliver his children, redeem his children out of the slavery that they rent. So he gave himself up as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a sweet aroma unto the Lord. Listen to this. We are Christ's gift to God. That's not mine. I wish it was. But, but, but this, this uh, I, Spurgeon says, we are Christ's gift to God. Wow! Isn't that amazing? We are Christ's gift to God. Christ is our perfect example. Christ loved us and became a sacrifice for, for us. 
We need to be a sacrifice for others. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, Christ became a sacrifice for me. I need to be just like him. I need a sacrifice for you. I need to be a sacrifice for you. You need to be a sacrifice for me. I'm not saying that I'm, I, you know, Christ died for you. But we need to be a sacrifice for each other. When the Holy Spirit starts talking to you about somebody and says, go to them because they need help, go. Go. And if you walk up to the door, knock on the door and say, the Lord told me to do this, but they don't look like they need it, give it to them anyway. You don't know what's going on behind that door. Christ was the sacrifice. We're, we're going to get in that in just a minute. The sacrifice and an offering. He was. We need, that's what we need to be. I, I, some of us have so low self-esteem that we don't believe that we could be a sacrifice to anybody or a gift to anybody. Every single person sitting here is a gift to somebody or somebody's. What do you think the devil is thinking right now? He's saying, man, pastor, shut up right now. He's saying that. When, when, listen, I need to let you know you're not mere men. I need to let you know yet when you pray, you don't pray to a heaven of brass. I need to let you know when you pray, you pray to the Lord God Almighty. I need to let you know that. I need to let you know that if you can believe that you can, you can see healing, that you can lay your hand on someone and God will heal them. You need to be able to understand, and this is a hard one for you, that God will give you a language all your own so you can talk to him. That's a wonderful thing. We, Doris and I and different ones, we talk about it all the time, don't we? we? We do. Wow, just a language. He's got a language just for you that he don't have for anybody else, just for you that you can talk to him. And man, how many years they, they've told us, that's not of God, that's not of God, that's not of God. And how, many, how long have we believed that? That's not of God, that's not of God. Man, I'm glad the apostles didn't believe that. And I'm glad the early church on didn't believe that. I'm glad that God said, here, I'll give you a language. Can you believe? Yeah, I'll believe, Lord. Okay, I'm going to give you a language. You just get to talk to me. Talk to me about what's ever on your mind. Talk to me. In your, anybody ever just talk to the Lord at night? You, you wake up and you're sleeping. When I had this heart procedure, my wife stayed with me 24-7. And she never left me. And I, you know what, you kind of get hooked on that just a little bit. You know, you don't think you do, but she, 24-7, she, she never left me. She slept there, she read the Bible to me. Some of people came in to see me, but she never left. And she was always praying, no matter what, what kind of procedure that took place, she was there and she was praying. And so then one day I had to go back to the hospital and they're going to do another deal on me. And, and uh, she, she uh, called Mark up because she had to go and, and do something else. She had a doctor's appointment of her own and she called Mark up if he would come and babysit. And they took me out of there before he could get up there because he took me out early. And so I, this is the first time since I've been in this condition now by myself and, and uh, so they take me down into the surgery room there. And I said, I want you all to gather around. And so they all gathered around my bed. I, I told them, I said, gather around. I said, before you put me out, you need to know this. I have not, never been without prayer. I have been surrounded by prayer with my wife and my daughter. I've been surrounded by prayer. And this is the first time since I've gone through this 
that I haven't been surrounded by prayer. And I said, so you are all my angels. And they're going, whoa. I think they thought I'd have lost my mind. And I said, you're all my angels. And I start speaking in a heavenly language. And they put me out. They, they, didn't put, they hit me. And I knew I was going out. I can feel it. I, I, I wait for that feeling. You feel that thing hit you. And, and I'm, I'm praying in my heavy, heavenly language, man. And when I woke up from that procedure, I was still praying in the heavenly language. That's what God does. Give him a hand clap. My goodness. Now, we're going to come to. So let's look at the, uh, he says that he is a sacrifice and an offering, Jesus is. And he wants us to be a sacrifice and an offering. Now, the word offering is an obligation with gratitude. So he became, the, he became obligated to the cross by the Father with a, with a spirit of gratitude. So when you hear Jesus saying, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. There's a man's side talking, but then the God side takes over, and he's looking at the cross with gratitude because he knows he's going to die for us. Now, the sacrifice is Christ's blood that is shed for us. Now, here's the reason why Christ's blood needs to be shed for us. Now, if, he's, if he'll bring this up, Hebrews 10.4, he's going to bring this up, and, and I want you to look at it. This is why there had to be a sacrifice, Christ's blood. For it is impossible, look at this, for it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Couldn't do it. There has to be a sacrifice. So what's the sacrifice? Now in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 9, watch this. And he said, Behold, I have come to do thy will. This is Jesus. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. He's going to take away the old covenant, and he's going to establish a new covenant. And verse 10, By this will we have been sanctified through the offering. Listen, an obligation with gratitude, an obligation, the body of Jesus is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ once for all. Can you still get that up there? Then he said to him, Lo, I have come to do thy will. He takes away the old covenant that he establishes the new covenant by which will we have been sanctified, that's made holy, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So he's, he give himself up for, as an offering and then he sacrificed his own body. Now why did he do that? Watch this in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12. Listen, he, Jesus, having offered one sacrifice, his blood, for the sins for all time set down at the right hand of God. Listen to what he did. In order to bring you and I into the kingdom of God, he was the offering and the sacrifice that we might come into the kingdom of God that he might call us children. Praise the name of the Lord. So that he might give me all of heaven, that he will give you all of heaven on earth. Not when you die. When you die, you just automatically get it. So what it's about here on earth. Here on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They don't want to teach you that. But you need to hear that. 
He, Jesus, having offered one sacrifice for sin for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. Oh, I like that. Ephesians chapter 5.15. Watch this. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as wise, but as wise, children of God, making the most. I like the King James, redeeming the times in this evil day. How many of you would like to buy back some things? Listen to what Ephesians 5, 6 says. I like this. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes down on sons of disobedience. I'm looking at that, and there's two kinds of sons. There's a son of disobedience, and then there's a son of righteousness. You know who you are. I know who I am. Children of God. He laid down his life, and he gave me life. And he give you life. Be imitators of God. You go to a restaurant today, be an imitator of God. They spill water in your lap, laugh it off. There were four of us, my wife and Tony and Terry Singleton. We go to a restaurant. Any young girl? She dumped all of that water in my lap. Within Cameron. She started crying. Man, I come up out of that seat. For an old man, I come up fast. I mean, anybody here ever seen the movie Old Dogs? Water all the way, okay? And she was crying. So when they came to give us the bill, she said, we're not going to charge you for your dinner. I said, well, I'm going to pay you anyway. Oh, I said, you know, I said, listen, that kid did not mean to do that. Now, I ate food. It was good. Praise God, it came before the food came. Watered down food. probably wouldn't have ate that. But I paid for it. Why? Because then would that girl get in trouble? Listen to me. Children. Children. I'm not going to ask this. I don't want you to raise your hands. But you ought to brag on your children. You ought to brag on them. Now, I'm going to brag on Harold. Because I like where he's going with praise and worship. I'm saying, man, I like that. That is good. I, I like people just being spontaneous to the Lord. And you know, we, we just go on worshiping now. We can do that. You know, you got to brag on people. Let's stand. If you don't stand, I'll preach all day. But be, be children of God. Holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. I'm going to stand there so your head ain't in the way. I, really, I didn't believe that, but yep, there it is. They got me, and my face looked like the back of his head. You know, he doesn't have a bad looking back of his head. Not bad. So if, 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 if you know. But hey, listen to me. If you haven't been a good parent, start now. Start now. If things have gone a little haywire in your life, give it to the Lord. You don't hold grudge against your child. You know you don't. Yeah, he's been putting his arm around his grandpa. Do it. Just do it. He loves his grandpa. Don't be afraid to show people that you love them. My wife kisses me every night. I wish I'd say I kiss her, but she goes to bed before I do. So she kisses me. And she tells me she loves me. You know, we need to do that. To the Lord. 
Would you take your hands with me and just raise them to him? And I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. How many of you just want to repent right now? Just want to repent right now. And say, Father God, I have not been the child you want me to be. Because listen, as soon as you do that, it's over. Now Paul says, walk circumspectly. Walk in righteousness. Walk in holiness before the Lord. He said, and if you do that, you can redeem the times. How many of you want to redeem some things with your children? How many of you want your children to redeem some things with you? How many of you want to redeem some things with your parents who are older? Old Tron's got a mama, and you better not mess with his mama. Old Tron will take a lot, but don't talk about his mama. Isn't that right, Tron? Don't do it. That's the way God loves us. He really does. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. Father, let healing come down on this church.